0: Hello, 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 adoptees, friends and family of adoptees. Welcome to The Rambler. I am your host, Mike McDonald. How are you guys today? How are you? I hope you're well. It's Sunday, August 13th, and this is today's episode of The Rambler. I don't know if you guys are all new. Are you all old listeners? Are you new listeners? Are you people who are just showing up for the first time to the show, to the podcast? If so, welcome. Welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, If you're unaware, this is a show hosted by me, Mike McDonald. It's called the Rambler ADHD. I've never been formally diagnosed, but really what it is, is in its essence, a one-on-one podcast interview style show, no holds barred, with uh, me, a Korean adoptee, who's interviewing other international and transracial adoptees. So very uh, unique show, I think. There's not too many others out there like it, and uh, it's, it's got no major like real format. You know, there's a very free-flowing conversation. I don't have any set questions. It's not uh, canned. I don't have anything written down on any cards. you know It's just uh, it's a nice, easy conversational thing. And sometimes uh, we reach uh, some good, amazing stories. and other times we talk about CVS for 20 minutes, right? Michaela, right? I don't know if she listens to this on the regular, but you can go and check that episode out too. Anyways, uh, what's new? Uh, well. I just uh, the other night went over into Manhattan I moseyed on over I was invited to partake in an interview process where I was interviewed yes that's frightening that's scary right so where people are asking me the questions that usually doesn't happen for me so it was a little bit of a weird experience but it was fun it was cool. Uh, And that was for Korean American Story and I Am Adoptee. Uh, I Am Adoptee is a – I don't know if you guys know this. It's a new social networking site for adoptees, and you can go check it out at iamadoptee.org. Go check it out. It's a new site. Uh, It's created by uh, Tom Kaplan, Joy Lieberthal. Tom, who uh, said that he'd be on episode 100 of the show. I think Joy's going to come on a bit earlier. I have to try to get her on the show. But that was a lot of fun. That was fun. It was scary. Uh, Julie Young is the one who interviewed me uh, for the first time. It was crazy. It was kind of insane. I've never uh, had that happen before. We talked about a lot of stuff. And uh, you'll get to see it, I think, in the first week of September that comes out. So keep your eyes out. Go to KoreanAmericanStory.org. Visit that frequently. They have a lot of great videos over there. And uh, I I should be a part of a melange, a, a plethora of adoptees that are going to be, uh, sharing some of their stories and thoughts and stuff. And, uh, that's a lot of fun and it's probably going to be very touching. I think I don't know what the other, uh, people who, who, uh, were also interviewed talked about, but I know what I talked about and, uh, it was good. I think it was good. You guys should check that out. I also got a copy here of the perks of being an adoptee by author May Claire, also known as uh, Maylene Carroll, you may have heard her on episode 52, and if you haven't, you can always go back and do that. All the episodes of the show are up for free on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to Maylene's story. She's a Haitian adoptee, and she wrote this book here. I have it. She, uh, ma- she was nice enough to mail me a copy, uh, and you can check it out. Or purchase on lulu.com and just uh, Google or, or search for in the search box, The Perks of Being an Adoptee by Mae Claire M-A-E-C-L-A-I-R-E. The Perks of Being an Adoptee. It's only $15. You can check it out. It is a good, honest, I think, uh, book on Mae's, ex- Maylene's experience being a Haitian adoptee. Her uh, experiences being a person of color growing up and then and, and being in the United States afterwards. So you can check that out. Again, if you haven't heard her story, go check out episode 52, and uh, that'll be good. I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it a lot. I forgot to mention that the uh, person who interviewed me for the Korean American story and I am adoptee uh, uh, video thing was Julie Young, fellow adoptee Julie Young, and you can listen to her on episode 15 of this show. You can go back into the archives and check that out for free. In any case, I need to introduce my guest this week, Mike Mullen, the once in future president, actually, it's just the current president of also known as, at least for the foreseeable future. And uh, he's, he's newly ascended to the presidency of also known as, and he has a lot of good stuff. To uh, to do this year with AK, I think he's going to move things in interesting directions and plan new events and focus a lot on on other things like expanding outside of Manhattan into foreign lands like New Jersey and Long Island, etc. <laughs> Anyways, he's a Korean adoptee, and you can hear his story now. Enjoy, enjoy. Highly doubt that you would ever say anything inflammatory or incendiary.
1: Uh, yeah, it's not my it's not my general style to. Uh, I try to be friendly to people as, much <laughs> as possible. Yeah,
0: you're a very friendly guy.
1: Uh, I feel like it's it's a uh, it doesn't come naturally to me to be honest. Really, it's it's something I have to work very hard at. Um, it comes off very natural because I realized it was a it was a deficit that I had a long time ago. Right? Oh yeah. I think just part of my personality is when I kind of, as I evaluate situations, I I tend to pick out like what the problems are, Uh which can be a good and bad thing. Um, so I'm probably a glasses half empty kind of guy. Oh, but see. as a result, when I'm thinking about like organizations I'm involved with or myself, mm-hmm. uh, I think about, you know, how can I address these things? So it's kind uh-huh. of a thing that's constantly in my mind.
0: That's good. That's a good feature to have,
1: like self-reflection. A lot of self-reflection. Sometimes it can be, you know, one of those uh, downward spiral kind of. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can never do this. I'm um, a total failure, you know, kind of. Oh, when things yeah, are going yeah, well yeah. for you. Um, and so that, I guess, would be the downside of that. Yeah, I got a little of that. Yeah. So, I mean, and. So, like, even doing, like, social media, I really don't like to do any of that, mm-hmm. um, but because I'm involved with AKA and I feel like that's part of the job, yeah, then I'm actually bit. pretty active right now, <laughs> So uh, and so people probably get the impression, like, I'm really into social media, but uh, if it wasn't for, like, AKA or some, you know, other things that might yeah, force yeah. me to do it as uh, my job or something, then I would I would never.
0: I've really backed off into social media. I'm not like, I've kind of dropped Facebook now, and then I'm only on Twitter every now and then. I've gotten ins- Instagram lately as my thing, because it's I a lot easier to manage, I feel like. I have noticed. Yeah,
1: have you? My well, absence? You used to be uh, somebody that I could like, whatever, Facebook message, and then you would be pretty fast to respond. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad about that, because I actually got a new phone, and it logged me out of everything. Oh, yeah. And so I recently re-logged into some stuff, and there was, like,
1: messages waiting, and people were like, are you alive? <laughs> yeah, and then... Yeah, actually, now I probably don't know the best place to reach you. Uh, cause email. To, email is usually... there's a, Yeah, probably the most reliable. Text. Going uh, back to the email. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I'm getting old, I think, is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Can't keep up. There, there's actually a lot to keep up with. I actually got very... Um, so I've been doing a lot more uh, Twitter and a lot more Instagram as part of mm-hmm. kind of seeing where is the best way to outreach to people who oh, yeah. might be interested in AKA's also known as his um, purpose and their mission. And so, yeah. Um, having done that, I've gotten a a pretty good flavor of what the kind of the different platforms are and like what, Goes mm-hmm. best on those platforms. I've gotten very addicted to Twitter. Like, I didn't think that was really my thing. Like, it's super addictive. Of, like, 140 cards are like, you know, that sounds really, like, light.
0: Oh, no, and then it's <laughs> just, like, small hits, and you're just like, I got to keep it coming. Where's yeah, the stream?
1: Yeah. yeah, so that that's the one I feel like I really have gotten into. Instagram, I think, is... I'm not so visual. Like, I'm, I tend mm-hmm. to be more of a reader. Yeah, yeah. So Instagram is, like, people have hardly have any words there and there's it's not designed for interaction i came to realize yeah yeah. like someone reply you won't even know they replied to you and so exactly and then you don't reply back to them and so the the conversation never really goes anywhere um and so you can't have like even twitter seems like a really heavy conversation compared to instagram um and so that i would say instagram is probably the environment that i'm least native Mm -hmm. in that i feel like well i really have to work at what to do here, <laughs> yeah, it's not as
0: conversational. Oh, if, yeah, I don't. think if you want that, the kids are doing the Snapchat now. That's yeah, like the I guess that's so. the thing. So. I haven't
1: even, I can't even. <laughs>
0: it took me a while to wrap my brain around that. It was like, oh, they're not using it like Instagram. Like photos aren't forever. Like me, people our age were like, oh, you get a photo, you print it yeah. out. It's like that's supposed to be a memory. Yeah, they're using it more like a conversation. Yeah, this is a, how it was explained to me by children, and
1: they don't want to do it through. The text or text, anything. Text is super lame.
0: I don't know. I think it's because like it disappears text, too. Oh, so I it's guess, like, you know, plus, it's very, it's disposable. Everything is disposable. Yeah, that's,
1: so I'm really, that's, that's, so that's, I guess showing my age because I'm frequently looking back through my old messages like, somebody uh, yeah. said something I remember about that subject. <laughs> I think it was in this thread and I start going back and like, they're not really meant to be searched through and yeah. yeah your computer yeah. will sometimes get like. Uh, your memory will get all like posed mm-hmm. up and then your computer will get very slow and, and I, that's when I realized okay it wasn't I'm not really doing this properly uh.
0: no yeah they're just like different platforms yeah. for different
1: purposes and stuff like yeah, that yeah. and there's that whole uh, well I think it was a tweet like somebody said like on Facebook everyone has a million friends and then on Instagram the, the sky is beautiful and you're eating the best food and then on Twitter the world is falling apart, and we're all going to hell. <laughs> There's actually a lot of truth to that. They're just the different moves that the platforms give up is, I think, pretty amazing. Do you think that's that's pretty true? Yeah, I mean, my Twitter feed is, like, obviously filled it's with... It's all the world is burning. ...Donald Trump, and we're, uh, and uh, we're all yeah. going to hell in a handbasket, and uh, it's just a matter of days now. So when's it going to happen? When's <laughs> yeah. the apocalypse. Yeah. I'll and be the first to know on Twitter. And it does get pretty alarming, you know? <laughs> you read this stuff, and you get alarmed, and so... Uh, Maybe that's why I like it. I don't know. It, it does. It feeds some kind of, uh, kind of a primal instinct to mm. get excited about something. And
0: I think that's why I had to back off of
1: it. Uh, maybe and yeah.
0: Facebook and everything. It was yeah. just like it was too much for me. I was like, I can't. I can't constantly be checking Twitter and Facebook all day. I'll just yeah. like give myself a heart attack. Yeah, for like really no good reason. Like, what right. am I going to do about this? Stuff? Right, right,
1: right. I think that's that's kind of the. I feel like, and that's the whole social. What do you call it? social activism?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's good because you can scale it up. Um, and you can do outreach, and so also known as that's very important for also known as to yeah exactly. Job for, but on the other hand, it creates a lot of uh, couch activism, which is like, well, I support that, and let me. I, ch- now I'm going to retweet that. Now I'm changing the did channel. my job. I, yeah, I did my part. That's it. You know, <laughs> did you ever,
0: did you see that SNL skit with uh, Louis C.K. No. Oh, it's amazing. There's, like, this – it's it's basically that. Oh. And it's just, like – there's, like, a whole chorus singing for him. Yeah. It's, like, you did it. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, awesome. You saved the world right, with right. your fave.
1: Yeah, yeah, way to go. <laughs> right. I totally could see. and You do wonder uh, – I think it's important to meet people in person, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: I feel like the, the – for me, at least, like, I, I watch my sons. Mm-hmm they will sometimes go days without meeting people and they'll just be, but they'll be constantly in touch with them through their social media.
0: They don't have to see them or interact with them. And
1: so I guess to me, for me to say something like, yeah, I feel it's important to meet people Mm -hmm. every now and then is again, kind of makes you of an archaic age
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess, Many I don't know of,
1: uh, of your, you know, time frame
0: Maybe they'll grow out of it Like I feel like I, I kind of had this period Where I was only doing stuff online And then like now I'm kind of like No, I'd, I'd rather go see people and go do stuff
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah It Well, it's I think that just reinforces what I just <laughs> said just, just me getting old you get, Is that what you're saying? We're getting older, yes <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly Unfortunately I don't doubt
0: that I, yeah. I feel it every day I'm getting older. <laughs>
1: yes. Well, you're you're uh, at the right age where um, you're, like, in the prime. Uh, this is the you prime? Can, you can do whatever you want at this point. Really? You have all the disposable income <laughs> without, like, the uh, the restrictions of being too nailed down in what you have to be doing in your life.
0: Uh, you know uh, what I mean? I don't know. Like, I right feel ahead. like I'm a little bit past my prime. Oh, like yeah. I, like oh. I think, like, mid to late 20s was, yeah. like, the best, and it's just not going to go... Higher than that. That's probably true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Late, <laughs> Late 20s was pretty sweet. Late 20s is kind of awesome, yeah, because it's yeah. like, you're not like, you're still, you're not a beginning your career anymore. Right, right. You're kind of in the middle of it, but like, not when middle management guys, so you have like, yeah. less responsibility.
1: And you have a lot of upside. There's a lot of upside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world is like, totally open income. to you. Yeah, and then you're not, you're not in your college days where it's like, how am I going to pay for that next meal? Man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but my college was pretty. Uh, lean? Yes, yeah, so that's where I discovered how cheap rice is and you oh, yeah. could live for a long time. That's away. right. Yeah.
0: Ramen, cup of noodles. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was some lean years. <laughs> <laughs> I did plenty of that. Yeah, yeah. Especially in college. Yeah. I had like two jobs and I was still poor somehow.
1: I I think I lived a similar existence. Um, And I remember specifically. If we wanted to splurge, we would go get chicken teriyaki, nice. which was only like four bucks. I mean, literally. But it was good. <laughs> but you're like, man, I'm going out to eat tonight because mm-hmm. I'm treating myself right. It was like, you know, <laughs> ch- some chicken teriyaki and rice. And, That's right. That's right. That was, I used to get
0: that all the time because when I worked in the mall,
1: yeah. I'd go to
0: the teriyaki place.
1: Yeah.
0: And they knew me so like I'd be there like every day or yeah, every yeah. other day. They started throwing in like shrimp oh, and that's other nice. things. Oh, yeah, because yeah. the guys started to know me. Just working the network, nice. That's right, the, get mall, the mall network. mall some free stuff. Go to the food court. Is that around here? Uh, that was in Bridgewater. Where's Bridgewater? It's in uh, central Jersey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I actually, I recorded okay. a show there once. Oh. Yeah, I did an interview with. Um, one of the Chinese adoptees. That's right, yes. It was at like in a
1: mall. It was at the mall. I remember that one. That's right. I'm proud to say I have, I have uh, listened to, if not every one of your episodes, at least. 99 percent of them
0: you're like probably the only person who's done and it
1: was right. hard to keep up with when you're doing <laughs> it on a weekly basis like i couldn't even keep up with it was hard weeks. for me to keep up with uh, that's what i was thinking is like oh my god this i mean he's like driving to the mall and like have setting up oh and yeah like and then doing editing and i'm like oh my god that's that is a lot of work it was it was a lot of work yeah. and it was
0: kind of driving me crazy yeah. and i know i would keep getting running into people like you who was like it's too much i can't i can't keep up and for a while i was like i ah, don't worry about it. you don't have to listen to everyone yeah. then yeah. like the more people told me i was like ah i better slow this down this is crazy
1: yeah well i mean now i mean the good thing is that now you have the library of interviews yes um and if somebody wants to find out more about that's like uh i can't yeah. remember her name that wasn't ming foxwell
0: no that was uh katie i think katie holtz yeah
1: yeah yeah um so if somebody wants to find out more about Katie, then, hey, then well, they can she, do it. Now she has this. It's right there. And you have it, and it's good. It's good for all of
0: us. <laughs> and it'll be free for everybody forever. Yeah. So everybody, it's like a uh, nice archive. Do you have to pay to have that stored? Uh, I mean, yeah, I pay like a yearly oh, okay. subscription. I was worried about the yeah. technical details. We <laughs> got hosted on, uh, not SoundCloud. I mean, I have a free SoundCloud account. Apparently SoundCloud's going away, apparently. Oh. Ooh. I heard. Oh, no. Yeah,
1: well, you got it on multiple platforms. I think
0: it's it's hosted on Podbean. That's yeah, that's yeah. the uh, that's my main site, and then from there it goes to like Google and Apple and yeah. all the other whatever podcasts. Yeah, it's important to programs.
1: have programs stored in multiple places, because I places, guess yeah. I mean, they're all backed away. up on a
0: hard drive, yeah. so I have like a physical oh yeah backup of everything. I mean,
1: that's a real gift because I don't know if yours was the first. I gotta think that yours was the first international adoptee podcast.
0: Um,
1: I have since heard some other international adopting and, regu- and domestic uh, adoptee yeah. podcasts, but those all came after yours. And maybe there's some other ones. But well,
0: there was a short lived one uh, called We Have White Names. It, oh. it was more like a round table discussion oh, interesting. with some I, people.
1: That title rings a bell, but I don't They
0: think only it. had a couple episodes. Okay. They had like, like five episodes, I well, think. Whatever
1: they talked about their names, it was like. <laughs> We got nothing. This like, is it. Was, it. It,
0: was, it was an interesting show. It just it really wasn't you know, like my kind of jam. And I was like, I really want to do like a more one-on-one thing. Like they never yeah. had any guests on. Yeah, it yeah. was just them kind of BSing yeah. around. Yeah,
1: I think. And I think that's good. I mean, people got to experiment. That's how you get. Yeah, yeah. Um, people. Then people. It gives people ideas. You know what I mean? So.
0: Well, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I feel. Right. Well, my show is very much based off of WTF with Mark Marin. Uh-huh. and funny that we're in the garage, because that's usually where he records is his show, right? his own garage, yeah, oh, so nice. now I feel like, here we are, this is it, I've yeah. come full circle.
1: Oh, wow, this is great. I'm glad I could do this for you. I'm
0: not in my garage, but I'm in your garage, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm this is I exciting. I can with this, this is
1: fantastic. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, and it's a beautiful day, we got the garage door open. So this is so it's, a fantastic it looks day. nice. How long have you been here? In Pal uh, Park, in Palisades Park, we moved here in two thousand like two, uh-huh. maybe two thousand. Been
0: here for a while. You've been here That's a, while. a long yes. time. We've
1: moved a couple times, but we've always stayed in the in the uh, town mainly because I didn't want to like disrupt my kids, yeah. from their friends and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, That's and, good. Uh, now we're right here across from the, the school high school where my younger kid will be. My younger son will be going there next year. Oh yeah. So he's gonna have the awesomest uh, commute. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. He just walks out the door yeah. and is
0: like right there. Be perfect, yeah. It'll uh, be good for that. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he probably can't get into too much trouble either because it's like right here. He's pretty reliable that way, so I don't yeah. want to worry about
1: him too much. Yeah. <laughs> and the good. older son goes to a uh, different high school, so.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's getting ready for college soon, or what?
1: He's got, uh, he's going to be a sophomore, so he's got uh, oh, okay. three more years and he goes to the county school, basically.
0: All right. Yeah. Cool. So. so he's, uh. So
1: you yeah, have two sons, Two sons? Yeah. Two
0: sons? yeah. It's crazy. They're teenagers.
1: I have one teenager and then the other one is just on the cusp, but showing teenager behavior, like outbreaks of (laughs) teenager rash. It's all the hormones. (laughs) Oh man. It's, it's amazing how much they change. Just, it happens like between 11 and 13, they just turn into someone you have no idea who they are. (laughs) You
0: just wake up and it's like, who are you?
1: Like, and like, you're like, I'm kind of glad that you, you know, I don't know when you when they're 11 like you want to spend as much time with them as possible like sure, I, was, yeah. I was heavily involved in their lives like i mm-hmm. was like coaching all their soccer games oh wow because their soccer coaches weren't doing it right you know that <laughs> kind of stuff uh i take that stuff too seriously so uh you know and they're like dads. so I, I you know yeah i, I, yeah. I wasn't upset about it or anything but i feel like if i'm gonna be spending here watch you know every saturday i'm gonna watch a game with this i I'm, it's gonna drive me nuts if at least I don't they not get some do kinda, it right some kind of training you know um <laughs> But um, but then when they turn, like, 12, they don't really want to hang out with you too much. Yeah, they and then start when, getting, like, friends that they want to hang out yeah, with. Yeah, which I which I totally... But then when they turn, like, 13 or 14, like, they actively don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> like, I don't want to hang out.
0: They're in the room. He's like, are you going to go over to your friend's house? I was like, no. Do you want to hang out?
1: No. No. Exactly. So it becomes, like, this very... Uh, and I don't take that personally, but I do recall... Um, when uh Star Wars uh, this the seventh Star Wars movie. It yeah, yeah. Whatever it's called. Force but, Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens when that came out. I mean every every boy wants to watch Star Wars Force Awakens. Yeah. So I told Who my doesn't? my fourteen year old son, I'm like, hey, we're gonna go see Force Awakens. It was uh-huh. only the second weekend. I was like, You haven't seen it yet? He goes, No, and I'm like, Do you wanna come with? And he goes, Nah. <laughs> and I'm like, Wow. I was like a little like shot. I was like, Wow, really? Maybe
0: like they're not in Star Wars. I feel like if he didn't grow up did they grow up with it?
1: Um, little bit. I mean, I made them watch all the Star Wars. No, I didn't make them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Force but we, them. <laughs> but We did watch, all, and we watched. I mean, obviously, the he watched the first, which was the second, uh, you know, trilogy. Uh-huh. Uh Which is the first trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm talking about the one everybody really hates, Phantom Menace, and yeah, thing. yeah. So he watched the that ones. when they came out. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I seemed like he liked it, and then of course we we had to go back and fill in the, the past, so we watched the second trilogy. But, and then he watched some of the Clone Wars and, you know, on... the yeah, yeah. network. But, um...
0: That sounds like he's pretty uh, well-versed in the Star Wars universe. He should have have taken, right? But he didn't (laughs) didn't care to go watch Force Awakens? I
1: think it was he didn't want to hang out with us. (laughs) (laughs) I think he didn't want to hang out with us. Is
0: it it the same thing with uh, their mom?
1: uh, It's, yeah, I think so, yeah. So
0: it's just a general... He like, just, we just don't want to hang out with our parents. He's got,
1: quote-unquote, better things to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he's hanging out with us, then he's missing out. Well, you things. must remember that. I do remember that, yes. <laughs> That's why I don't take it personally. And I was I was a much worse kid than they are. So oh really? Yeah, yeah. I, I got into a lot of troubles. So. Did you grow up around here? No. I, so I grew up in um, Spokane, Washington. Spokane. So oh wow. Which is on the the Pacific Northwest. In the Pacific Northwest, that's the east side of Washington. So it's not the liberal side of Washington. It's the <laughs> arch conservative side of Washington. Uh huh. Um, which is over. It's it's like over 100 percent white. It's Some, like it's somehow so now it's more white white. It's like white. really white because um, it's right next to Idaho. Uh-huh. And, of course, those guys yeah, come Yeah, that's over. right, yeah. So those guys come over to, like, Spokane when they want to, like, go to Costco, you know, back in the day, when they want to go to, like, Costco or something. Uh-huh. So you have this influx of white people. So, uh, and Idaho is, like, really white. I just, I was. I can imagine. It's in, I think, the top five. Most it just white, sounds white. Most white <laughs> uh, states. Yeah. And I think for a while the head of the KKK was headquartered there. You got me for man. a while in the eighties, I think. Like so the anyway, Grand Wizard dude, yeah, exactly one of them, and maybe yeah, they have yeah. Multiple, I don't know, they have different clans and the know, Grand but, Dragon but, Wizard. So Spokane is like, um, that's why I say it's like over one hundred percent white. It's like super white, super white. Um, so I grew up there in a super white society. Were you like the only minority? I was. So in grade school, um, I went to a Catholic grade school. Uh huh. I'm pretty sure I was. The only non-white kid there, except for there was one of my classmates, was like half Brazilian. Half? Yeah. So his his mom was Brazilian and had uh-huh. married some white guy and they were living in the town, right? Uh, and strangely enough, he was like my best friend. And I, like, obviously, I was not aware of it. Was that
0: on purpose? Not,
1: it wasn't, like, I had no thought around it, except uh-huh. for just, you know, lately, uh, as I've been kind of rethinking about my childhood... I was thinking, man, I wonder if there was like something about that, some like subconscious racial yeah. subtext. I mean, I mean, he he was very Americanized, and it's not like I would go over there and have Brazilian food, and like, oh yeah, this is you know <laughs> cultural food is great. I mean, it was just we'd have hot dogs or whatever, but uh, <laughs> and play asteroids on Atari. But um, sounds like pretty white, <laughs> but somehow like he was the guy I hung out with the most. So, um, but other than that, there was no uh, the only kind of culture that you really saw was the German nuns mm a lot of German nuns at that school, at the uh, Catholic school, I mean they were like real German nuns like they could tell you about. Did you grow up Catholic? Yes, I did, yes, okay. I went through confirmation and uh-huh yeah, yeah, and, you know all those different stages, uh sure, I did that um and then I went to high school, and the only Asians I can remember being in high school were the uh that's when the Vietnamese refugees were coming in off the boats, that's oh wow, where the term f o b s came from um. <laughs> And they were all like in the ESL programs, uh-huh. so I really didn't see them. Like I didn't associate with them. Like I didn't think of them as being a part of my world, really. Yeah, yeah. So everyone Cause they were
0: like too Asian. Yeah, and, and they
1: didn't speak you know English that really, and so and I, you know, so I, uh, in a way, I felt more connected to my classmates who sure. were, who were white. Well, you grew like, up with those kids, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No. and I always felt. I mean, I never felt like I was um, sticking out. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I know one of the things themes with adopted uh, people who grew up in like uh, international doctors who grew up in white communities is they mm-hmm. often feel like uh, they don't belong there, like a sore thumb. Yeah, or they wish they were white. And I don't think I had either of those things. Like, oh, I yeah? I knew I was not white, but I felt pretty accepted mm-hmm. in my uh, growing up. So you um, have any no no racial issues. I mean, nothing that was, uh, that scarred me as far as I know. Like I mm-hmm. felt pretty accepted. Like when in senior class, like I was senior class vice president, I oh, was like, wow. I was like editor of the newspaper. So pretty popular. Was your, high uh, so I'm saying I was like pretty integrated into the, into the school. You know what I mean? Like, um, was your high was, school pretty big. It was, I think 1500 people in the high school. It's, it's pretty, big, pretty yeah, big. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. Big. That's, a, that's a sizable high school. Um, I mean, there was like there would be jokes where I would go to uh, like parties, because that's mm-hmm. all you, that's all you could do in Spokane, because there's nothing around there. So you would just go every weekend and go to somebody's house who's having a party. So there's a house party going on? Until up? the police would come, and then you go running them out. And, <laughs> um, and that's why I say I was a bad kid, but I don't... I won't. Just because of that? It's Dude, not like you were hosting all the parties. I Were you hosting the parties? I did host one. Oh, yeah? And that created a massive uh, stir with my parents. Oh, no. Uh, created a big <laughs> rift with my parents, but uh, and that was... In hindsight obviously it was a very bad thing to do but sure. uh, you know in high school you like
0: it's you not know, a high school thing well, you're, you're to do you kind of stupid you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean my sister got the at a party at my parents house when they were away one weekend I think I was in college and I came home cuz I lived like 20 minutes away Yeah and uh as I was getting in the cops were pulling up Oh wow <laughs> and I was like uh <laughs> oh, wow. So so uh I never held any parties myself. Oh, yeah. I went to plenty of parties You were so. good you were a good guy Yes Yeah, Yeah, I was a good high school kid. It wasn't until college where until it was when the trouble started.
1: Yeah, I had, um, I had some, like overall, I was a good student and everything in high school. But Uh uh, obviously, and you know, I had some good accomplishments. But uh, I did have some incidents. Of difficulty uh, which I'm sure gave my parents a lot of heartburn like what um, and so like I'll just stay up front last
0: vice president how what could possibly go wrong and here? that was
1: actually that was after I kind of turned this around but I will say that I had a very good relationship with my parents I think that's I think that's an in, uh, important context to understand whenever mm-hmm. an adoptee tells you their story is okay how was your how was your relationship how was with your, your parents? growing up in your family right? yeah. so my parents are very loving um very conservative because that's a very conservative area but um, very loving. I had, you know, we, I think we had a very good family life. All mm-hmm. of my uh, siblings were adopted. They were all domestic adoptees. How, so many, how many siblings do you have? I had three domestic adoptee siblings. And then I was the youngest. Older, younger? They're and all older? Was, yeah, and I was the youngest. Um, and I was, so maybe there's like a six-year gap between. Are like, they all still out there in okay so There's a four-year gap between my oldest sister and myself. Um, oh. They're all in the Pacific Northwest, Okay um, one's in, My brother's in Oregon My sister's in Seattle Oh yeah I went to college in Seattle And now I'm over Somehow for You're goodness. the only East Coaster For some reason I'm over
0: here <laughs> So Yeah Okay so you, you had a good relationship With your family It I sounds had a like good,
1: You know I had a good relationship uh, I think my, my parents definitely uh, Since we're all adopted I didn't have any Like of those Sometimes you hear People have concerns Like they feel like Parents treated their bio kids a little better, or you know things like that. I mean, there was none, yeah, there was none of that kind of overtones. Yeah. Um, and in a way, I felt very special because I was the only like internationally adopted kid. So mm-hmm. um, that was something that
0: completely different culture.
1: Yeah, and that was something that I feel like was celebrated in some way. Um, although at that time, I was, you know, as you probably know, um, parents were told to assimilate assimilate yeah so there was never any attempt to bring me any culture that would uh, help reorient me towards and re you know introduce that so So you didn't grow up with any Korean stuff really zero like literally zero yeah yeah. occasionally um, just the hot dogs if we had (laughs) if we had to uh, do something cultural for my grade school Uh my mom would make like Japanese style fried rice and I would just take that Like, hey, here's my, Close cu- enough. Here's, here's my <laughs> contribution to, uh, about my, you know, nice. my history and co- culture and people like, Hey, this, this tastes great. Even though it's really, um, I don't even know how Japanese it was to be honest. <laughs> it yummy. was basically fried rice with uh, a lot of soy sauce. I think sounds good. Kikomen. So Hey, hey you there know, you go. It's Japanese. <laughs> um, but I had that party and you know, I saw I just want to say, as a context to this also... Is but
0: you weren't the first one to throw a party. This must have been a rotating no, schedule.
1: there was parties constantly. Always. Like, that was the only thing for high school kids to do at yeah, that time. Yeah. And it, this was back, like, at Fast Times Ridgemont High kind of era, Uh huh. Yeah. where I think people took a little more benign view of
0: teenage <laughs> shenanigans, yeah, you yeah. know?
1: It was just viewed as all kids being kids, right? Versus, I think now, things are a lot more serious.
0: Did you watch a new Spider-Man movie? I didn't watch that yet. This so. sounds like a non-sequitur. Oh, uh, it, it is. It is. <laughs> but <laughs> the, there's a scene uh, where the high schoolers are having a party, like yeah. a house party, yeah. and like Peter has Aunt May drive him to the party. I'm like, You're just wow. gonna drive him to this house party? Nice. I was like, That's very yeah, that's very trusting.
1: Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great when the police drops him <laughs> off later. You'll be, uh, oh yeah, I knew he was there. I dropped him off.
0: Yeah, I was like, Is that just like what kids do now? Like it's like accepted?
1: I think maybe it's they're more low key now. You think so? Like, the parties we were having were a little bit out of control. They were a little wild? Yeah. What and, was wild about them? Uh, well, at the party I had, which is a source of endless conversation between me and my parents. Yeah,
0: let's hear about this. I'm excited. Um,
1: <laughs> one of the guys came in. My brother was the bouncer.
0: Your brother was a... B- is he a big brother. guy?
1: He, he was a pretty... Like, he's a husky kind of guy. He's not, he's not tall, but he's, you know, he's in good shape. It's like again. stocky? Yeah, he's stocky. Yeah. Um, so he was, quote-unquote, the bouncer, and he kicked a guy out because that guy was being a jerk, mm-hmm. and that guy got mad, and he punched the uh, one of my windows next to the door. Uh-oh. And cracked it, like, uh-huh. you know, and so that's right next so it to the broke door. A window. So it's like, a, it's like a decorative kind of glass. It wasn't oh, just yeah. like it. Can't place.
0: easily replace that. So, um, yeah. Where were your parents? Where were, they were on a trip or something? I think that was the first trip they ever took
1: <laughs> and left us at the house by ourselves. <laughs>
0: They're like, they're old enough to take care of this. What could possibly go wrong? Can
1: right. we trust them. They would never do anything like that. Very good kids. Yeah, see what I'm saying? And yeah. I, I, and you I broke that trust. Tru- exactly, yeah. I, re- I repaid that trust with the uh, With a, a broken
0: window. That wasn't yeah, your fault, though.
1: Well, it was my fault because I am having a party. I guess you are taking overall responsibility. <laughs> we had a keg at my house. Okay. So it was a keg. That's about right, party. sure. Yeah, I mean it was high school. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you get the keg from, you your older brother? It's it's amazing the things that if you tell people, here, we're going to have a party, like people will help you. They'll just uh, all of a sudden, oh, I'll get, I'll I don't know where base. this keg came from, yeah. but it, here it is. People will, um, I guess I had organizational skills, even back then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how did I pull out together? I have no idea, really, to be honest. Yeah. But somehow we got someone who so was going to provide keg. a keg and bring a keg over. So the amazing part is that decorative glass was really hard to find. Like, uh huh. It was one of these kind of unique designs. Mm-hmm. I like... Called around all the glass stores. I somehow found this particular piece of glass. I got one of the guys at school to like, I ordered, I measured myself and ordered the glass and like gave a little uh, variance for like the part that goes inside the wood. Uh huh. And then I had this guy who was in advanced woodworking in high school. He came over and like undid all of the With framing, the molding and all yeah, that. Yeah, all this stuff. Put in the glass and then redid it. And you couldn't even tell. It was amazing. It's like when I look back and like, and so my parents come back, it was, you would never have
0: guessed. They had no idea yeah. about
1: the glass? No. Do they now? They found out. So this is the, this is, I like say, source of endless conversation with, between me and my mom is she'll always say like, you never found out how we found out that you had that party. Oh, yeah. So wait, you got away with it. I got away with it entirely. For a time. Yeah. Even though our house was like trashed. But well, you cleaned it up, I guess right, We cleaned it, we cleaned it, up, cleaned it up we got this window fixed. It uh-huh. was just kind of amazing.
0: So uh, how did they find out?
1: They, she never told me. She, she al- never
0: told you how no, they no, found no. out? No, no. And she
1: always tells me that, she, that she's never, like, that's the thing she has over me. It's like, you've never found out how I found out. <laughs> and one day you'll find out, but until then you'll always wonder.
0: <laughs> and she just lords that over you yeah, 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 like yeah, this mystery? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, maybe it was somebody else's parents.
1: I've taken a couple guesses because she wants me to guess. Like she wants to kind of like me to pull on the string so she can like yank it back. (laughs) So obviously I don't do that too much because obviously that's going to be a source of frustration. But
0: I think I feel like it must be somebody else. This is how my sister got caught because she got away with it, too. Well,
1: the police did show up. So yeah. She, uh, anyway, the police showed up. Everyone is bolting. Like the fence fell over <laughs> because there's so many kids hanging <laughs> on the fence. The glass got broken, and somehow we fixed, fixed the fence. Somehow we fixed all this stuff. Yeah. Anyway, it's like which is as I look back, it's pretty amazing. But, um, I said, did one of our neighbors tell you? Yeah. yeah. She said no.
0: Really? Yeah. So, unless she's do. Were your neighbors close, or is it like the suburbs? No, like no, they're city? close. They're, yeah, yeah. It's
1: not like close here. We're like. The guys driving. But there's things. like would you have
0: like a quarter acre or something. But like it's that? something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's
1: got a fence and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, but she said no, and I, I think she wouldn't lie about it. Like she would tell me if I was right. I think. I think. So I think. So that. So she. Fa- how soon after the party did they find out? I think like two months. That took a while. It Took a while. It Took a while. Yes, <laughs> yeah, something had to come out where she found out, mm-hmm. and. Um, she told me. I remember we were having. She was having like some kind of neighborhood barbecue. You thought you
0: got away with yeah.
1: it, yeah? You, you'd was, already
0: been to like twenty other parties in the meantime.
1: Yeah, I was like, you know, so steeled with, you know, uh, yeah, my own. Like, I didn't have any internal guilt that I recall, <laughs> which means I'm a bad kid because I should have had internal guilt. But I was feeling great about it.
0: Why wow, you thought you got away with
1: it? Yeah, but I'm just saying you should feel some guilt just because you did something no,
0: wrong. No, I think in high school you were like, man, I'm so cool. Yeah. I took care of it Because you were, like, riding the high of, like, I took care
1: of the window and the fence. Yeah, it's amazing. It's pretty sweet. Well, and then when you hold the party, you're, like, a really popular guy for a while. Yeah. And i I didn't do it for the popularity. I just did it because... Like oh my god, this is an opportunity. How could I pass up? Exactly. You know? The
0: parents are going on the first um, trip, you but for
1: a party. while you are like the man. Because everyone's coming up to you like, oh, what time is your party? Oh, we still having this party. Like, and then women that like girls yeah. you don't even know like come up and talk to you like, oh, can I come to your party? Like, of course you can. Yes, party. absolutely, you can come to my party. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then like two months later, we having she was having some kind of backyard barbecue, and she said, "I want you to know, I found out about your party." <laughs> <laughs> And we're not going to talk about it now because I have all these guests, and so I don't want to have. Like, so this is like a big old neighborhood get together. Yeah, like, I don't have a bad experience, but we're going to talk about it later. We'll talk. And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> she was like, and then she she said, "I'm going to act real nice to you all day today, <laughs> but just know it's all when a everyone ruse. leaves. Just know, deep down, I'm really upset at you. <laughs> like, we're going to have it out later. Did like, you?" And then we had it out later And she didn't But she never told me How she found it But she was upset But she knew a lot Of the details Oh
0: yeah Yeah, yeah, Like about the window And the fence Yeah and
1: just a lot of stuff Wow Yeah Maybe it was one of my friends I don't know You don't don't think One of your siblings Outed you did you I think only my brother Knew it. he would Be outing himself (laughs) Maybe he felt Maybe
0: he felt The internal guilt Our interests were aligned And he was like We broke the window And then like Replaced it (laughs) I don't know so that was, um, you know, so there's a lot of things. Was that the only, that could have been the only no, bad thing there was other bad
1: things I did. There, these are things that I don't really talk about a lot because. <laughs> That's okay. We don't, we don't have to get into but I did you get, get, being a bad I got, kid. I got kicked off the high school basketball team. Oh yeah? Um, also in a drinking related episode. <laughs> like what? Like what? Uh, I went to one of the dances and I was super drunk for some reason. I think I didn't eat before I was. I don't know. Uh, but it was. I big mean, mistake. I just want to say there was a lot of drinking in that culture among high schoolers. It's high school. It's a high school yeah. party. So I mean, and somehow I had some reaction to this alcohol that I was having. Uh-huh. Are you
0: allergic to alcohol? Are you like uh nothing? No, not get, that I know of.
1: Do you get red faced? No, I don't actually do that. No. That's, Good. Yeah, me neither. Some
0: Irish. Well, me too. Yeah, well, I thought I was why. Irish, and apparently I'm Scottish. In, oh, in really? Reality, yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Apparently the MacDonald clan. Immigrated oh, to Ireland from makes, Scotland. That actually makes perfect sense. In the neighborhood of McDonald's, oh. but I thought I was Irish this whole time. Holy cow! Anyway, that's like an identity crisis. It, I, I know, I know. It's a meta identity crisis about did you, did you my mean? my fake adoptive family history yeah, about your history, which actually you're only you know secondarily related to. I, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but you're, oh. Mullen is Irish,
1: Irish. Mullen is Irish, pure
0: Irish, for real Irish. Right, right.
1: Irish Catholic. And I took pride in like Larry Mullen Jr., who was the drummer for U2. Oh, he was like yeah, the most yeah. famous Mullen for a long time. I like, probably still is actually the most famous Mullen.
0: Probably, yeah. I can't name another one. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so like I took a lot of pride in that personal pride, even though looking back, uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I question whether or not.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah but, so, so you
0: had a, and then you turned it around to be the vice president.
1: Yeah, of I mean, so counsel. I mean, I. Um, I got I got caught having been kind of very drunk at this uh party and as a result I was kicked off the basketball team and so and then my parents were called so obviously it was like a scandal and it's uh, a big high
0: school scandal. That
1: was like the first one and then the second one was actually the uh the uh, party. The party. Yeah, those are two big So it was yeah. a downward slope. Yeah. And then um Relations with my parents got very bad, uh-huh. I think, because uh, my parents were always very... My dad was a military guy, so as we were talking about earlier, um, he was like, if you're not was five... Is he minutes,
0: in the, like, the Navy or something? He or? was in the Air Force. He was in the Air Force? Major in the Air Force. Okay.
1: Um, and he was always like, if you're not five minutes early, you're,
0: you're Ten late. Ten minutes late.
1: <laughs> you know, you're late. Um, yeah. And so if I was ever like one... Literally, he would say, be home at 11. If I came home at 11.01, I'd be grounded the next weekend. Ooh. Like 11.01, I'm not, and that's no exaggeration. He was like 11 or 10.55. He'd be like... I said eleven. That means you could come home at ten fifty, and then there'd be no problem, right? And then so we'd have these long arguments about that. Um,
0: mm. Did you move around a lot when you were a kid,
1: or did you um, mostly stay in in Washington? We came to we came to Spokane when I was around five, Uh-huh. and so I basically grew up there. And that was that was it. Yes, we were Spokane the, the entire time. We were in Spokane the entire time, and I never saw beti- between the time I was adopted and the time I went to college, I did not basically see another Asian person. <laughs> for 14 years it's like 14 years in the desert
0: <laughs> wandering
1: this is like pre-internet and everything yeah. this
0: is just like
1: you're just stuck there in were Spoke no it. Asians around yeah. the only Asian around was Sulu because I would watch Star Trek <laughs> with my dad the OG Sulu. And he was the only Asian that I actually ever saw, I think, except yeah, for occasionally yeah. one of these uh Vietnamese people would show up in one of my I'm classes. Like, oh yeah, yeah. But that's right. they would never say anything because they would you know, obviously be, very, very quiet. Uh, what about uh, MASH. You never watched like
0: MASH or anything? There's like a random Asian every no, now and I then in the background. I don't
1: watch MASH. No. <laughs> so it was when I look so when I look back at that kind of I feel like that's wrong. Like I feel like that should not be inflicted on somebody. Like at there the time. There should be some diversity if yes. you're a minority. I mean, at the time, uh, I wasn't thinking about it because I didn't know anything. Right, yeah. Um, but when I look back and kind of reconstruct my past, I feel like, okay, that's something that if I was going to create some adoption policies today, I feel like should be addressed because to kind of. <laughs> you're take
0: not a, allowed to be in an all white society and adopt a yeah. minority person.
1: Really? No, seriously. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so I came when I was two and a half. And if you have any nieces or nephews who are two and a half or, you know, whatever neighbors some, yeah. whatever, but two and a half year olds, that's when they become like full human people. in the Yeah, they like, like start conversing. Yeah, you can have conversation like walking with them. around and they'll stuff. watch a whole movie. <laughs> they'll you like they'll be like a they know what foods they like and dislike. Yeah, yeah, they know everyone in their lives. They know them by name. Right. They, you know, and so they're like um, starting to come online a little bit upstairs. Yeah. And they're, I mean, fully functional, really, by two and a half. So that's when I was adopted. And at the time, of course, Korea didn't have any exposure to Western culture. It's not like I was yeah, in Korea yeah. and I knew what white people looked like. <laughs> so I was basically lifted out of one, you know, this is why I think about it now in kind of re-evaluating it is I was lifted out of one culture. Right. Where I knew all of these flavors and all of these ways of talking mm-hmm. and the way people smelled and the way people looked. And suddenly, like literally the next totally day. Different. I was placed in an alien world where everything was different. No one yeah. looked like the same. All the foods were different as Exactly. Life. And then for fourteen years. <laughs> and, <Asian laughs> and then first. not that's, one Asian except sounds, for Sulu. That sounds like a little nuts to me. Um so, you know, that's I think that's the way things were back then. I I think hopefully, you know, people are having a better Do you think that had anything to do with
0: your your behavior in high school? Or was it just like boredom?
1: You know I think a lot of it is. Um, it, it's hard to say. Like, most of my life, I thought that most of the things I did was not related to adoption. Uh huh. It's only in the last couple of years I've been thinking uh, about that. Yeah, thinking more about that. Reevaluating. And as I've been reevaluating that stuff, yeah, I feel like a lot of it was really actually quite rooted in adoption. Mm. Um, and that's not necessarily a negative thing as much as it is that it just you know you don't really know so like one right. thing i'll, I'll yeah. give you an example of um was after i had this party at this and so this is kind of a you know negative story a little bit but after i had this party at my uh at my house um and i had this huge falling out with my parents and my parents said that i was going to be grounded the next year mm-hmm. which was my senior year yeah so the senior year is like the culmination of, like, all your parties. Like, yeah. this is, like, the best party You're going
0: to throw parties. There, there will be parties.
1: Oh, I, actually, I may have the time. I think I was grounded the junior year. But in any case, I was going to be grounded for one year because they were so pissed at me. And, of course, my dad, being very strict, that was, like, he meant it. <laughs> so, well, one year at this exact time, yeah. <laughs> you will be released. Yeah, essentially. Um, and so this was in, and this started in, like, June, Shoot. and so over the whole summer i was gonna be grounded and then mm-hmm. it would be all the next year and i was like i'm not putting up with that like you know i'm you know i'm not re- mr rebellion you know I'm, yeah. like, I'm very rebellious i was a very very rebellious kid so i'm like i'm not putting up with that i'm gonna go find some i was like if i go find another place to live then it won't matter right and they're like and then i think my parents are like dude you're like a junior and I, where are you gonna find where you gonna live you're a freaking idiot right so they're like fine if you can find another place to live be my guest right so I, so somehow I actually got someone else's parents, my friend's parents, to let you live to take me in of their house. Yeah. Into their <laughs> house. I don't know how I did like, these are things like, I don't know, I guess I had persuasive skills or something, but so over the summer I went and lived to this guy's house mm-hmm. and they were very nice to me. And I'll, overall, i overall, like I, I'm, I'm, I think one of the skills I have from having been in an orphanage and kind of, uh, I, you know, maybe part of my personality also is just, uh, I have a very small footprint. When I want to have, like, I can be very, very unnoticeable. And that one of the things that helps me is like, so like going to this guy's house, like you wouldn't even know, like they could probably hardly tell I was even there. Like I did not create any problems for them. I was very quiet. Like I wasn't getting in trouble and then they had a deal with me. So, right? so you were
0: like, a good kid for somebody else's parents. Because yeah. you didn't want to get kicked out of that house yeah, too. So
1: I was very like uh, amenable to get along with. Um And I did not see my parents for that, that whole summer. hmm And at the end of the summer, it became a question of whether I was going to go back to my parents' house. Wow. For your senior year. Actually, now I think this was my junior year, yeah. So it was a question of whether I was going to go back to my parents' house for my junior year. Okay. And I actually thought... And so there was actually... And just thinking about it now, it sounds kind of crazy. But there was actually some conversation with this guy's parents that maybe they would adopt me. Really? Yeah, like legally. You'd be like double adopted. Yeah, like I would just... like, whatever I would say, um, I don't know. I don't even know how that would work. But there was actually some... you have
0: to, like, legally divorce your parents. I, I think, think so. Something like that. Yeah. Know?
1: And I was it was, like, under consideration. And I was considering it. Uh-huh. And I feel like that, the fact that I would consider things like that um, is an indication of... Of kind of uh, that I think a lot of adoptees may feel which is that you feel this even though you may have had a good home life you feel this kind of uh, ability to like you don't really this is not really your family in some sense Mm. like you could walk away from it Mm. even though you feel like part of the family in another way you could walk away from it to protect yourself to protect yourself but also because it's it's to take (laughs) a step back it's a little bit of a construct Mm -hmm. right It's a little bit random. You know what I mean? Like, it happened to you, um, but just as likely I could have ended up in Michigan, or I might have, right? And so there's this kind of random aspect to it, which means that, in a sense, well, if I'm with this family or another family... um, At least you'll choose the second family? Yeah, at least maybe I'm having a better life, uh, or something, I don't know. Uh, Do you think that, that was, like, empowering? I think that's part of trying to take control of your own life. Yeah. Yeah, And that's part of the, why I was so rebellious, I think maybe also is you just Mm -hmm. trying to like assert yourself. So that's obviously a very teenage thing to try to take control of your life. Sure. But I think, I think me actually considering going to this other family was a kind of an adoption layer on top of trying to take control of my own life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and then I went to the priest of my Catholic school where I had gone for, you know, all those years. Uh huh. Just to get some counseling. Like I wanted someone's advice. Were you like really religious? I was not really religious, but there was a particular priest there who I had known for a very long time, who I felt like could give me a trusted a, confidant. Yeah, who, could, who could give me a third party view mm-hmm. of it. Um and I was really mad at my dad because I felt like he was always taking my mom's side, even though my mom was being uh unreasonable in many cases. And now that you're a parent, you're like <laughs> this makes sense, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be a unit. And that's what he said. I mean, that's what the priest said. He's like, you know what? That's, that's the dads and mom. <clears throat> will they have to support each other. Even yeah. in cases where, uh, it might be like not perfectly, uh, like the most rational thing. Right. That's, that's their job. Their so, team. Yeah. And then I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said, I think you should just go meet with them. Your parents once before you make this decision. Mm-hmm. Um, like I wasn't even going to do that. Like, that's how kind of like, you're just like gonna write it off. Yeah, I was just gonna be like, I'm done. Like this is it. Sorry. Yeah. You know, I guess this is better over here. Yeah. And 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 again, like I said, I, I had a very positive adoption experience. So I think you know, it's just I think it's a way of protecting yourself, really. Uh yeah, yeah. Where it's like, hey, I don't want to get too. You know, everyone reacts to these things differently, but I think for me it was. I think part of my uh, defense mechanism is I'm not gonna get too emotionally involved. So mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my space a little bit in case yeah. something bad happens. I read something in my adoption papers um, relatively recently because, again, I only became, in the last couple of years, interested in this, which said that uh, it was, you know, in the adoption papers, they have little updates about your personality and mm-hmm. what's going on in your life and how you're, and basically they're stating what your health concerns are and things. But they were saying that I played, so the, the comments were I played very well by myself, which has always been true. <laughs> Um, but that I had been very sad lately because the person who my primary person at the orphanage who had been kind of the person I would hang the the mother mm-hmm. who I would what, I don't know what they call those but you're like caretaker caretaker yeah, yeah, at, yeah. At, the, at the orphanage had recently changed the old one had left oh okay and since that time I had been acting very very sad because you were attached yeah, yeah and yeah. then you know so you get re-traumatized by that crap right, yeah. so you know I, so I'm just saying I think I feel like that's part of my personality of yeah, I don't want to get too emotionally involved. Sure.
0: because Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I gotta protect myself. I that. think that's common. That's a common yeah. thing. You're like, I'm gonna quit you. Yeah, because you, you're not gonna quit me. Screw yeah. that noise, that's happened to me yeah, once before. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's been a theme through a lot of my life. But
0: yeah, I think that's pretty. I think that's fairly common amongst adoptees yeah. in general.
1: And so I think that was it's kind of my strike. attitude towards that situation I was having with my parents. Right. Yeah. Um, was. Well, if this is going to go bad. I'm getting out of here first.
0: So now, reflecting back on that, you think it's like an adoption-related, possibly? Yeah, uh, I, I really do. Motivated,
1: and, but when I went and visited my parents for the first time, like I hadn't seen them for three months. Uh huh. So when you went back, I went back at your priest's uh, advice. Yes, that was really his only advice. He go kinda, see them again? Yeah, he backed up my parents in terms of how their behavior was, and then he said, "I think you should just at least go talk to them before you make a decision like this." Sure. Um, and the other, <laughs> the other family was actually. A member of the same church <laughs> Yeah that's awkward Yeah that could be awkward right <laughs> See him on Sunday Oh hey
0: Hey what's up <laughs> I'm with my better family now Oh man that so
1: bad right
0: Put the knife and oh, Twisted yeah. a little bit so bad. <laughs> it
1: Sounds really bad But I went to see my parents We had I think very Heart to heart I don't even remember What the conversation was I just remember it was Very emotional Long. obviously And at that moment I decided that I would Come back to the family mm. Um and so I moved back in, and I was literally grounded my entire junior year. I didn't go out, like, one time over the weekend. I was, like, the most most uncool guy in high school. Except
0: but, your parents.
1: Uh, except my parents, who I'm sure were very happy I was home every weekend. Um, and I think... I remember that year being very... Um, almost like a very quiet year from a sense of... I spent a lot of time, like, like just in my room. Just mm-hmm. being by myself.
0: Do you, like, self-ground yourself?
1: Well, I mean, there wasn't a lot to do, but it was like, um, I guess it was kind of like, it's in a way, it's a way of giving yourself space to think about stuff uh-huh. without really, like, just sitting down and being like, okay, let's think about stuff. But So I was just in my room a lot, doing a lot of reading, doing, I was teaching myself to do basic programming and you know, Commodore 64. <laughs> nice. Like, you know, playing video games on yeah, that. Yeah, um, sure. The old Commodore 64. Yeah. It's like a knob and one button. My dad would come in. And so, obviously, there was still some tension between me and my parents. Uh Uh-huh. And I remember my dad would come. I would say once a weekend, I'd be in my room. He would come in. And this really touches me because just kind of replaying this memory. Um, He would come in, and there would be, like, awkwardness. Yeah. And he wouldn't have anything to say to me. And I would have nothing to say to him because I was, you know, being all pouty and stuff. But, um... (laughs) Just being like an emo teenager. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he would stand there and just like sit, we would just sit in this awkwardness and he would like ask like a couple of like benign questions to kind of get a conversation going. Uh huh. And it would never really catch on too much. Yeah. But he would just come and like be there for 10, 15 minutes and try to be. Um, spend time with you. Yeah. And just try to kind of open up a little bit. And it would, generally speaking, not go well. And I'm sure that wasn't comfortable for him. Yeah. Um, because I remember even today kind of the discomfort of him being there Mm -hmm. but over and then but I think over that year just being around each other like it solidified our relationship and uh, now I you know I have a very good relationship with them again and um so you got it back and then I think that's my senior year I was much more um on track to do more productive things with my life (laughs) other than throwing parties right so i was that's when i was doing all replacing windows stuff in you know in the school that was more productive yeah yeah and i mean so i guess i needed that year maybe i don't know it's you know who knows
0: never know i could have
1: gone badly yeah you know in a really bad way but
0: I had a similar thing in, in high school. My senior year, I got kicked out of the house uh, oh, wow. by my dad. Oh, senior year, and right. I lived uh, at my fr- in my friend's basement for mm. for a little while. Wow. Before coming back. Wow. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. That's surprising.
0: So uh, yeah, I guess I was a bad kid for a while. Like yeah. it was right before right Born before college. college. Yeah. And same thing. I just wasn't going to talk to him before I went to college. Wow. I was wow. like, I'll just go to college and just never see him again.
1: Yeah. I guess. I mean, I'm sure this happens to non adoptees.
0: I guess, yeah. I mean, When I used to do uh, parent panels with other adoptees and stuff, they'd always ask stuff like, you know, is this an adoption issue? Is it just a teenager being a teenager? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it could be both. Yeah. I don't know. Both could be true. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think uh, non-adopted kids, like, go through a period of hating their parents, too, and they're just yeah. like, I hate you. I wish I was never born. Yeah, and the yeah. adoptees are like, I wish you never adopted me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think
1: they're very similar, similar yeah. veins. I feel like the ties... With adoption uh, to the adoptee, can feel sometimes uh, very loose mm-hmm. in the sense that um, when you kind of step back and you think about, hey, what's tying me to this family? I mean, you have your social tie with them because you've grown up with them, and you right. so you and uh, hopefully you have love bonds with them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you step back and you're having one of these low moments, you you can get caught up in this sense that hey, there's nothing really tying these people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can feel, and there was, um, so I went to the con, the... the uh, right,
0: yeah. The, uh, con the conference, K-A-N. American Adoptee Network is Green, that am I getting that
1: right? It's like a really long Crean American Adoptee family and adoptee. I don't know. It's long, but they're they're a network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> they're a, a network of yeah. adoptee families. So they had their conference, and one of the we were talking about. It was um, in Pittsburgh. It was in Pittsburgh yeah. Yeah, it was. It was very powerful. But and this particular panel was really powerful. This session, it was a open session, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> where the adoptees could talk, and the parents could only listen. Oh, I like that. sorry parents well so that's different because usually you think okay we'll have an adoptee session Uh so that adoptees can talk frankly and then we'll have public sessions where um you know people can at least interact and then you'll have like maybe a parent only session so the parents can talk frankly Uh and you know share their wisdom but this was kind of a hybrid which is like okay adoptees are going to talk and parents can only listen and and you know i think and this was about um there's a lot of self control, I this think. This was about mental health issues. Mm. I don't remember the exact title, um, but it was in the wake of having a couple of adoptees commit suicide. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. kind of getting. And, you know, I, I'm sure there was a lot of debate within. I, I don't really know, but I'm sure there's a lot of debate within Khan about whether this should be an adoptee only session mm. or, you know, what kind of session this should be. Right. Um, because I'm sure they wanted people to talk frankly and be able to express. Sure. But. In the end, I was really glad they had it as a session where parents could listen because as this was happening, and I'll tell you more about this what was happening, but as it was happening, I kept thinking, man, I mean, parents really need to hear this message because, you know, we could tell them, but it's coming out in such an emotional way now that they will really experience it. So I was really, I was actually thinking, man, I'm so glad that there are parents here who are listening to this. Yeah. And so what was happening was, I mean, people were just talking about, hey, um people were uh, talking about their different uh, moments when they felt very suicidal mm-hmm. and uh, some of them actually talked about the fact that they had recently tried to commit suicide wow. and it was just really um, yeah. it was a very very gut-wrenching conversation mm-hmm. uh, and people were really sharing um, about the things that where you know uh, their their problems and their their struggles with these things, right? Yeah. Um, and then a, like we like tons of people were crying, parents were crying. It was just a very uh, emotional situation. So, um, one of the one of the people, uh, one of the adoptees, was saying that there are times when she feels like unconnected to anything, like she's like floating free and it's in those moments of weakness where she feels like she could commit suicide and it wouldn't like
0: nothing tethering
1: yeah and she wouldn't feel like it's like she doesn't feel like hey this is something i shouldn't do it's just like hey i could do this like i could why not
0: yeah right yeah and
1: i feel like that's what i'm saying when i'm when i'm saying that as adoptees You feel these bonds with people, but there are these moments that you go through when you're feeling whatever for whatever reason Mm -hmm. you're feeling uh, just emotionally low or something's bad happened, and you kind of step back and you're like, "Hey, this this could not be my family. Like, I could have another family somewhere." And so, like, what is it that's you know really tying me to these people? Yeah, Um, and you start questioning all that, you know, Mm -hmm. and 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 so I, you know, I think that situation I went through with my parents when I was. Mm-hmm. 14 kind of stems it from that yeah was like I was kind of exploring that idea yeah yeah um, and you never know how that's gonna go I mean everyone's gotta figure that out you know on their own
0: well you didn't kill yourself so
1: that's said, a no. that's a net positive I'm not I don't think I'm suicidal but um, I do think suicidality is uh, is a character trait in many ways Um, well
0: I mean for adoptees I mean we all know that the rate is what like four times higher than the general population and it's obviously
1: environmentally driven in that sense but um I think part of why some people react one way versus another way is because there's some character trait Mm -hmm. that's uh, part of their personality for the reason that um I mean, I've definitely
0: to. had suicidal ideations when I, especially as a teenager. Oh really? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a common thing. Like, and I think it's normal too. I mean, yeah, yeah. who hasn't thought yeah. about killing themselves? Well, especially point? as a
1: teenager, you, you're, you're, yeah, there's a lot of emotions and very, hormones. Very up and, and down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're not developed in yeah. the prefrontal cortex. Exactly.
1: And it you know, you don't know what to do with them at that
0: time. <laughs> yeah. And it, you don't, you're not thinking through the problems like, um, you know, it's a, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. You know, it's. It's it's not going to help any any of the matters. Right. Ultimately, I think what I decided that kind of brought me back from the edge was like, well, I'd end up like hurting all these people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that made me feel really bad, and I was like, I probably shouldn't kill myself. Yeah, wow. Well, because all the people that'd be like left behind.
1: That's what I'm saying. See, but what the thought there that is holding you back is, is your, other people. Is your bond? Yeah. to these people. Yeah, yeah, and if if you're questioning that bond. Or, like, at that moment, you just don't feel it for whatever that reason is.
0: Exactly. Um, If there's nothing tethering you here, then you get that itch like, well, what's keeping me from doing this? Yeah.
1: There was something else that, like, I mean, that conference uh, was very interesting. Um, Mark Haglund, who is, I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, I've seen him online online. back when I used to do that. He's on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) But He made a comment we were talking about um, when you're uh, kind of, when your adoptive fa- parents die, you uh-huh. know, what some of the emotions are. around? Yeah, that. sure. Um, it feels like a second loss. And so he probably. was, he was, he made a comment, which I hadn't thought about, which was when you lose your adoptive parents, you will many, many times you will lose your adoptive parents side of the family mm. because there's this whole like, you know, tree of ancestors, right? That are, but you only are really related to these people through your parents who adopted you. Right, right. But but you may not really know them very well, mm-hmm. but say if you were the bio kid, you would feel maybe attached to them because, oh, they're part of my tree. Right. But once once you kind of remove your adoptive parents, you know, his point was a lot of times you just don't feel that connection anymore hmm. because, you know, actually I'm not. I don't really have this connection with you guys. Anymore. I really just had it with my parents. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you may often not just lose a, par- a, a parent, but you may lose a whole like part of family, your life. Right, like a whole yeah. family that you would kind of thought of being your family, but all of a sudden like you've suddenly realize, like, oh, this is...
0: Unless you're, like, super
1: close with them or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, that's like, yeah, that can just be kind of taken away from you. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So, you know, that's part of, like, the additional weight of Mm -hmm. of losing a parent. Your parents are still around? My parents are still in Spokane, Washington. Uh, I go visit there once a year. Um, Now with your family? I don't always take my family just because it's it's pretty far, but I usually take at least one person. Sometimes I go by myself, but sometimes we all go Mm and uh, Spokane is a little bit more diverse now, I think.
0: Yeah. Little, I think the
1: U.S. in general is a little bit more yeah. diverse. So they're moving in that direction. Um, I'm really hopeful that the next time I go to Sp- – so on Facebook, I have met a couple of adoptees, Korean adoptees. In Spokane? Uh, in Spokane, Washington. Wow. I'm so really, you were the only one. So – well, I, th- I don't think they were there when I was there. But now. But now they're there. And – I am definitely going to have some kind of a... Something like a meetup of some kind. Like, yeah. Very is informed. there a
0: group out there?
1: No. Well, they have I mean, AAAW, but I, I think that's, so that's based the, in, that's in uh, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if we could just get, like, three, that would, like... I think blow my mind. You could probably,
0: like, organize a dinner or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that would be, to
1: me, like, really amazing to even have, like, three... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three adoptees. I mean in Spokane. I mean, three Asians in a room in Spokane is a lot, so... <laughs> three adoptees coming together and just having, like... a some Starbucks would be like to be yeah. like, uh, unbelievably awesome. So I, I'm, I'm in contact with them. I'm looking nice. forward to, uh, are you planning like, a trip out there? I usually go out once a year just to see my parents. My parents mm-hmm. are uh, getting up in age. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I need to get out there at least, at least once a year, hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully more, but it usually doesn't work out that way. But
0: relationship is better now.
1: Yeah. I mean, things have been very, very good since, uh, we had since high school yeah, since yeah. the, my senior year. Um, and uh, like I didn't get any trouble in my senior year. Mm-hmm. I got into college, so you know everything was good there. So, Out in Seattle. Yeah, I went. To, and then I went to the University of Washington and met some Asian people. So that was good. <laughs> That's always good. How was that? You know, meeting so, Asians for the first time. This is where I feel like, for whatever reason, I had some kind of race gene in myself. Other um, than other than the uh, the Vietnamese in your high yeah, school. Yeah, <laughs> right. I didn't feel any connection then, but. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I had some kind of race gene in the sense that I did not ever feel white, and I always knew I wasn't white, and uh-huh. I never really wanted to be white. Um, obviously, you want to belong, so in that sense, you right. made, Like, uh, I, I never felt like being Asian was holding me back. It was more like, oh, I'm awkward socially, awkward or you know <laughs> things like that, right? Um, I wish I was, you know, like more athletic than I could be. That, you know, so it wasn't really ever for mm-hmm. me a, a a thing where I was trying to prefer to be white. Um, but as soon as I went to Seattle, I met Asians. Like, I only had Asian friends. I think it's, like, I knew all along I was Asian. And uh, as soon as... And so, like, if you met me in Seattle, you'd be like, oh, man, this guy it's always... You know, he's always had Asian friends. Look at he, All his friends are Asian, you know? And it was so... And I didn't do that purposefully. Uh, it's just... Uh, You're just drawn to it. Yeah. I mean, I was really drawn to it. Um, and so, as soon as I got... You know, I was very lucky. Um, because the first Asian guy I met was this Korean guy. Mm-hmm he was actually pretty recently from Korea. He was very, very Korean acting. Oh yeah? Um, and he was really nice to me. Like he, first time he met me, he like, Hey, you're Korean. I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess, I guess I'm Korean, you know? And, uh, and then, so the next time he saw him, he brought me mandu, which was the first Korean food I ever had. Nice. And of course, that's like a good <clears throat> give. That's pretty good yeah. Uh, intro. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody somebody's never had Korean food, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good, right? And then the second thing he brought me was kimchi. And I'm like, this tastes like disgusting. <laughs> so I stuff. like, what the hell? <laughs> um,
0: yeah, but, first time's always real. Yeah.
1: But he was, I mean, so he was very nice to me. And then I, you know, started meeting a lot of other Asians. Um, and in my sophomore year in college, I dropped out of college and moved to Korea. Wow. And my you know, uh just literally dropped out. I'm picking up my bags, I'm going to Korea. What'd your parents say? They weren't happy about it. <laughs> but by then I had so many and you know, I was so rebellious that they knew I was gonna do whatever I wanted anyway. Um I and I think I had to be one of the first adoptees to live in Korea. Like I was there for six months. When was this? This what? was in eighty nine. Oh wow, yeah. Just after the Olympics. January yeah. 89 yeah. I dropped out in this is my second year of college um, the only other adoptee I've ever heard who was there living there before me I'm sure there was a couple others but the only one I ever heard was um, this Robert Osborne I don't know if you heard him well I know I think his name is Robert Osborne he like works for the government or something any case uh, he's a little older than me and he was over there but he's like most of the like, I've listened to obviously a lot of adoptee stories and I was like years ahead. <laughs> You're ahead of the curve. And when I went, there was no adoptees there. Like literally none. I was the <clears throat> first, I was the only adoptee that the Koreans that I met had ever met. Wow. And um, and they were like almost all of them are really nice to me. Uh, they and I think that's a little easier for guys too because you know I think there's less expectation around for men than women going Maybe. to Korea. Um, but um, and I lived there for six months. I. Did the language program at Yonsei University? Oh yeah, Yeah. I I lived in a Hasukje, which is like a boarding uh, house, Uh um, right in Shinchon, right next to Yonsei University. Yeah, and all of my roommates were uh, regular Yonsei students, so I didn't live in like they have like international dorm.
0: Right, right.
1: Most, almost everyone who's in was in the language program went to. I like you lived
0: amongst the Koreans. I
1: I, like I got the real experience. (laughs) And uh, that was like, I was really happy I did that. Like, I purposefully avoided any Westerners wow. while I was there because I was like... Total I'm,
0: immersion. I want to
1: be like... You know, and that was... That whole thing was once I got to Seattle and I started meeting Asians and people, hey, you're Korean. And I'll be like, well, you know, I felt like a little bit of a fraud saying yes, because they're going to be like, well, you, you know, I don't like, I don't know squat about it. you mm-hmm. know. So, um, So you felt like you had to go there and learn... This I think this goes back to the thing where I feel like once I recognize my deficiency, I want to address it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to Korea because I got to like figure out what this means to be Korean. I don't want to be a fraud Korean. Yeah, I, like I want to have some basis by which I can say I'm Korean. So I went there. I learned Korean to some degree, um, and that's really hard. I think. Um, oh, yeah. And then, <laughs> but then I hung out with Koreans, and I mean, my roommates were like, we would. Did you start. learn to like kimchi? We, oh yeah, but then it was, you know, I actually went through a phase. So that six months was the first time in my life I had rice every day, day. Uh-huh. and that was back in '89. Um, there was only like two Western restaurants in all of Seoul. Probably, yeah. There was a Kentucky Fried Chicken in Dong. <laughs> and there was a Denny's. I think I've been to that KFC. That one's pretty famous. Yeah, and that like there's a Howard Johnson's was there Nick for a while. Yeah, I that seems like, like an IHOP around. there now. Yeah, now, yeah. now there's like a lot of stuff, but back then that was the K. There was just the KFC. <laughs> That's how famous they were. Like people knew. Oh yeah. And then there was a Denny's like on the far side of Seoul, which I never I actually seen which I never got to. <laughs> but those are like the two Western restaurants in all of Seoul at, at the that time. time. Like yeah. there was nothing, so I had to have rice every day. And they reached a, and so usually I would just eat at my hasuchi because that's part of the deal is right. the, the Ajima who runs it will give you it's food. Not bad, you know. Um, and there reached a point I think it was about a one month in where I was like oh my god I am sick of eating rice like I can't have anymore I need a burger <laughs> I need some pizza you know whatever it is oh yeah and you couldn't find this stuff no and every day this I would actually get mad because every day this Ajima would put this bowl of rice in front of me I'm Like, oh my god I gotta eat this again and actually I stopped eating for like a day and a half <laughs> Like, I just couldn't eat it. Like, it was going to make me couldn't sick. Couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And then the ajumma got really, like, worried. Like, she thought I was dying oh, yeah, or something. yeah, And, you know, I don't know if you know Koreans, but if you miss a meal in Korea, they think you're going to die. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know any Korean moms, but if their kid misses a meal, they're like, oh, my God, he's got to eat. He hasn't had a meal. And then, like, it's like this world-class emergency. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, food is love. <laughs> food is love in Korea. For sure, in Korea, you know that's yeah. like a really basic, bas- basic, basic, basic part. It's like Jewish
0: moms and Italian moms. I think it's very Food is love. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, it's those countries I think that had histories of starvation and could be part yeah. of it, right? You know. Um, so she got very worried about me, but then I think I just needed that phase, and then I broke through. Eventually, I got so hungry, I ate again. You know, I you just they were me. like, "Give me the rice." Uh, and then ever ever since then, you know, I. Could eat rice for every meal. That's what I needed, you know. I ate two bowls of rice today already. Yeah, so I, I, I had to somehow break through that. Uh, yeah, yeah. My, my palate had to get retrained, I guess.
0: So when did you end up coming out here to New Jersey?
1: Oh, so I, I mean, I came back from Korea. I actually lived there twice. I went back again after I graduated. Um, I actually think I was the second time I went out. I was teaching English.
0: Okay, how long did how long was that still?
1: I was there for a year. For a year. And um, at a certain point, I stopped teaching. I was actually helping the the uh, Hagwon's parent company was pulling together, was trying to write some English training materials. Oh,
0: okay, yeah, yeah.
1: And I was helping. I became mm-hmm. like a uh, helper with that. So I actually worked in a Korean company in a developing Korean developing like English stuff. Yeah, and I was the English guy, but everyone else there was a Korean resident, yeah, yeah Korean. And so I was. Like, was the it, Korean
0: pretty good then? No,
1: I Korean sucked back then. Still, I mean, still pretty bad. Actually, I'm I'm not a natural language learner, but it, that was a really great experience. Just working in a Korean uh, company company with all Koreans. Yeah, yeah. And then the amount of drinking that they do was like insane. I think they they out drink the Russians. It was, dude. It, I have never. I, mean, I went to college in the U S. Um, and it the amount of drinking over there was ten times. It's crazy. Was it was. <laughs> It was, well, that hasn't changed, if you're curious. No, I imagine it hasn't. Uh, <laughs> that really takes a toll. <laughs> but I, wasn't, I was young. It's then, crazy. So I, so I could do it. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: And then they go hike mountains right afterwards. Yeah, And then they come back and drink.
1: Well, well the amazing part about it is back... I don't know if it's still true. That back then, they had to work half a day on Saturdays. Uh, I have no idea. I think they might have got rid of that. But Maybe. back then, the work day was Monday through Friday, full day, and then a half day on Saturday. Ugh. And, but people would party on Friday night as if... It was Friday night here right, in the U.S. Yeah. It was like um, the weekend, woo! and then they would just party all. I only night. got a half day to work and tomorrow. Then everyone would have to show up on Saturday to work, all hungover or and, still drunk. And it was brutal. I mean, that half day was brutal. <laughs> but luckily, uh, I worked with a, I worked directly with this guy who was high-ranking official in the Korean. Uh, in, I'm sorry, in this company. Uh huh. And he, if we went drinking really late, he would actually just take me to his house. And I would That's just nice. spend the night there. Yeah. And then because he was the boss, basically, he could show up whenever he wanted to. He so so come then, in whenever. So as a result, I could I would like get to sleep in and stuff. It was like really great for me. I don't. That's know, a like pretty was, good hookup. I was, I was very very lucky, you know. <laughs> I feel like in, in my in my life. Um. Anyway, I lived there for a year. I came back, and then uh, I was kind of bored in Seattle. Like. I don't know if you've ever been to Seattle, but... I like Seattle. It's the same weather every day. it's like kind of drizzly. Yes, and gray. And misty, yeah. And then there's two months of really spectacular, unbelievably awesome weather, July and August, where it's like heaven on earth. Um, But it was like... I had a job, uh, but it wasn't like a career job. And I was just kind of... I felt like I was not doing anything with my life. So Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I got to get out of this this, uh, city. So I moved to Chicago. And then my my I was there for a couple of years, and then um, that job fell through. So I moved to New York, and that's how I came to New York. And I was just kind of like, you know, as you might imagine, just I was made just making your way slowly across the country. I just wanted to get to bigger cities where things were going on. <laughs> like, yeah. This is like I got to get to something where there's more stuff happening because I need stuff to get involved with. You'll never run out of stuff in New York. Um, And then I came here like in 97, I'll say. Okay, you've been here for a while. 97. So I've been here since 97. I was not trying to stay here. I was trying to move on to the next place after that.
0: Where was the next place going to be?
1: I was actually thinking about going to Guatemala. Oh, wow. I was going to write a book um, and just live a really like different kind of lifestyle. Uh-huh. Uh, but then I met my uh, girlfriend, who became my wife, and so then I got stuck here. <laughs>
0: that, and she was
1: like, "We're not going to Guatemala." No, she—that somehow that wasn't appealing to her. And you're not writing a book. No, that wasn't. She didn't see the career uh, aspect to that. <laughs> um, and then I ended up in New Jersey, which yeah, I, which I really feel is one of the worst states in the nation. <laughs> I I uh,
0: just recently I, I've come to the conclusion I can no longer defend the state. Like I've tried. I tried for a very long time and now that I'm a New Yorker, I, I not like the New York State is much better, but like, God, every time I look at Chris Christie, I don't want to get political. I'm just like, come on, man.
1: Well, New York State has New York City though, so Exactly. That's its big thing. Yeah. New Jersey just like is
0: Well, they got the Jersey shore. That's the only thing I can defend really.
1: New Jersey is just kind of a if there wasn't New York, you know, city that it's just kind of latching onto, it would be yeah,
0: there's Total not too mine. much. There's not too much uh, that I can. Like, I would about never the state. have chosen it. To... Sorry, people in New Jersey. Yeah, I not, grew up there. I loved it me. while I was there, but now I'm kind of like over it. And I,
1: I'm not a New Jerseyan, clearly. So <clears> even though I've been here for eight, you are 18 years now. Like, yeah, I don't. You feel, are a New Jerseyan. I don't feel attached to this <laughs> state in any way. I would move out of this. This state. is your adopted state. This yes. is, <laughs> you feel no attachment here. Well, I would. I would if my wife said, "Hey, let's move to another state." I'd be like, "Yeah."
0: Which state would you move
1: to? Any any other state? I think at this point, because I'm older and getting slower, I'm not no longer looking for um, so much action. Like I, It's not like I go around. You're like I, go back to Spokane? I would move back to Seattle, I think. So oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Seattle's not bad. Which is like, you know, now it'd be like very nice and yeah. kind of pleasant. It's a have. little bit more relaxed on yeah, the West Coast, I think. I'd appreciate in general. that more now.
0: What about California? It's sunny there.
1: I could go to California. That would be nice.
0: Yeah. I think I, those are like the, these are like the two places I could yeah. I could really I mean, set I, down roots.
1: In my in my in my heart I feel that I am a west coaster uh-huh. still. Even after all these years.
0: But even living the hard life out here in Jersey and New York?
1: Yeah, and I f yeah, if people say like I, I still identify as a west coaster. Yeah. Um and I feel like that my temperament is more matched to that. Although maybe if I went back I'd be annoyed at how slow things are moving. <laughs>
0: You should go back and find out for people a while. Are,
1: people are lining up in lines and actually staying in line. Like, like what are you guys that doing? That's so crazy. <laughs> actually, that happened to me. I went I went to Spokane. Uh-huh. There was a bridge. And uh, it said, right lane closed ahead. So everyone was in the left lane.
0: Mm-hmm. Just waiting. And it was
1: a really long line. Politely. And, I'm, and I'm like, well, let's see how far up it goes. You know, how far up ahead the road. So I, I get into the right lane. I'm going up. hmm And the, the right lane was closed, like, at the end of the bridge. Like, literally, like... All the way then, But people were lined up in the left lane all the way across the bridge, all the way Being after very the bridge. patient. Yeah. And then they got pissed at me. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, look at that asshole. So I was driving like a New Yorker, and I went yeah. up, up until the sign, and then I merged in there. That's right. But I feel like, you know what, now having been in the in the East Coast now, I feel like, that's a waste of space. Like why it's are a waste we, of space. Why are we lining I up know. on the left side? This is stupid. I know. People,
0: well, I think, because when I moved out of the state, when I moved out of the Northeast and down to the South and traveled around the country, people want... People judge you know, New Yorkers being like, oh, they're all rude and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, it's not that I'm being rude. I just don't want to waste time yeah. doing things that well,
1: yeah. And I, why shouldn't can't we take just, that much time. Well, why can't we just use both lanes?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just a waste. It's the a, lane was there, opened the whole bridge anyway. I know. So. I know. I think people are mad at me. but Yeah. So maybe, yeah to yeah,
0: us, yeah, is that, that's acceptable.
1: Maybe to maybe other people, Coaster.
0: it's not acceptable. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're probably more of an East Coaster than you think. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah maybe. <laughs> i didn't like to admit it,
0: though. That's okay. Well, now, now you're uh, you're stuck here at least for another year as the president of AKA. You have assumed the throne.
1: Yes, and all of the glory that—that's <laughs> right, all associated. of the
0: glory <laughs> associated with the presidency glory and
1: benefits that come with the office, of, also
0: known as yes, here in New York. Yeah, yeah. So, what's planned for this year? What's the big? What's the big thing?
1: Um, you know,
0: you lucked out. You don't have to plan the twentieth. <laughs> oh, the
1: twentieth. Yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah, yeah. 20th. That so you're was, past that. That's actually what drew me in was the 20th. Um, that was a good party. That's that, a good was, that was a good celebration. That was, and that was the first time. time I had hung out with a lot of adoptees. Oh really? And I re, I remember that very clearly because it, there wasn't, you know, over a hundred adoptees there. It was, a, it was pretty big. Um, that was, like I said, that was the first time I hung, with, hung out with uh, a large number of adoptees mm-hmm. and I had like I went through two very distinct emotions during that time. One was during that event; um, I was almost on a high that I did not drink the entire night. Like I knew, like there was no, like I just didn't have any desire to have any alcohol because I was already feeling like, oh my god, this is like I already felt like I was uh, a little bit drunk or something. Um, And so I didn't drink the whole night. It was paid, like it was free drinks. Yeah, (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm I'm well aware. (laughs) I mean, I should have been, like, trying to get my money's worth, but uh, I literally had no drinks the entire night. And um, and then you have that little... So I had a little bit of a high for, like, a couple days. Uh-huh. And then you have, like, this crash, which yeah. is very real. Because I've had it a couple times now where after you leave, um, you... Even though you're, like, you're still among people and you're... It's like... It's not like I was... Um, I was only just talking to people, right? It's not like we were uh even dancing or anything. It was just yeah, you know, I was just chatting with people and stuff, just being around with people. But somehow not being around that, um, I went into like a very like sad stage where yeah, I Yeah, there's no,
0: like a little void. Yeah. Afterwards. Like I was missing something.
1: Yeah. Um and so I I don't know, in that sense I felt maybe that's part of uh I definitely obviously want to keep, you know, getting more involved. Mm-hmm. Um and so I joined the board last year. Yeah. Um had a very great experience kind of being a part of that, pulling events together. There were certain events that I thought was very important that I was glad to be able to work on. Yeah. Um, we had a great event like for around immigration with Willie, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is a very important, I think, uh, subject for adoptees with deportees going around, yeah. deportations and things. Um, so I was glad we could, you know, so there were certain events I was really glad I could be a part of helping mm-hmm. uh, build. Um, and then this year it just so happened that there was some executive. Committee turnover, and they needed a president, and, and you're the guy after after the Game of Thrones in <laughs> internecine dueling. Yes, I somehow came out on top. Yeah, yeah good job.
0: <laughs> you won. Yeah, big winner. Yeah. So, what's the? Is there anything coming up this year that
1: you're uh, pumped for? Are we still in the planning stadium? Have you had your board retreat yet? We're having the board retreat uh, later this month. Okay. Um, you know the way I my operational. Um, Kind of the way I work is, um, I'm really open to doing a lot of things and mm-hmm. I'm not so much an ideas guy as it, if people come to me with an idea, I will, I'm like an execution guy. So I will help and make sure like get things to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you want to have a party in my house. Uh, Don't
0: break any windows,
1: but uh, you know, yeah, I can somehow get it to happen. So uh, that's really my thing. So you know, I I I'm always talking to people. Hey, is there anything that you want to do? Like, are there people that you know that would make you know a good event, whatever? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been talking to a lot of people. That's I think that's what I try to do a lot of is just say, hey, um, what are you interested in? Maybe you have certain skills. Maybe you know people. Maybe you know venues. Whatever it is, right? Um so we I have been talking to quite a lot of people I think we have some cool things lined up we have um like one thing we're trying to do is a wine tasting oh. one of our one of mm. um one of our members has a brother who owns a vineyard apparently wow so they want to uh, That's not bad that or they're making their own gay. wine at least so um yeah we're we're going to try to pull that together but you know something yeah, yeah. like that'd that Yeah that'd be cool pull things together like that yeah
0: It's like a more mature adult thing than just a, a happy hour Nothing against happy hours yeah. I love them yeah, yeah. it seems like it's not a It's just
1: try some new things. Yeah, yeah, that's good. We have this thing tonight in um, here Uh, in New Jersey, which is a rare. Yeah, uh, there's usually nothing out here in New Jersey. I I definitely want to. uh, It's a little bit hard, but I want to have more events in Long Island. Mm. And when I say more, spread the love a little bit. When I say more, I mean it could just be one or two. I mean, and that would be that would be something to at least try to help. uh, It's
0: more than zero, which has been the past.
1: I, I feel like. If I was out here, and obviously, you know, I'm in New Jersey, but I, I come to New York. But if I wasn't coming to New York, um, it's great to have a point where people can say, okay, hey, well, there's going to be an event. And sometimes you just need someone who's going to say, hey, there's going to be an event at this place, at this location. Why don't you show up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so someone just has to kind of organize it a little bit sometimes. And so um, that's why I want to at least have a one or two events, mm-hmm. uh, both in Jersey. And it's easy for me in Jersey because I'm here, but uh, we'll try to have, I want to have a couple in, in Long Island.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are we expanding out outside of the uh, Korean adoptee community at all?
1: Uh, Any plans for that? I mean, that's always hard. Um, I've been learning a lot about the history. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as you know, with the history of adoption, Koreans were by far the large bulge. And then after that bulge came like a little bit of a smaller bulge of Chinese. Yeah. And then the other um, countries are Mm -hmm. definitely a lot smaller uh, in number. And so that creates a problem in the sense that. Uh, we are an international adoptee organization right. and we definitely want and welcome uh, adoptees of all mm-hmm. uh, countries of origin. Um, but I think it can be a little bit intimidating and maybe uh, feeling a little bit uh, of an outsider if you're not from Korea because we mm-hmm. are obviously going to reflect the, the numbers that actually happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Korean, the Korean wave obviously is the first wave. So we are all of age where we're professionals and we have yep. like uh, connections like my sister like people owns. who owns vineyards. My, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. And so we have those kind of connections so we can make things happen yeah, um, yeah. versus, say, the Chinese wave is mostly kind of in the early, early college. Early 20s, late yeah. college yeah. kind of era. Um, they're so coming up. They're definitely coming up. Um, but if, like, we wanted to have uh, an event with, say, um, adoptee therapists, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're definitely... Uh, it's going to be a lot harder to find someone who's not Korean. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it creates this kind of cycle of... You know i'm really really trying to get um to to make sure that uh non Korean adoptees know that we are also a, an organization that mm-hmm. wants their involvement and would love to have their involvement and'll we'll do activities with them yeah um to that are related somehow maybe more specifically for them that would be great um but they may not feel like this is the right. or I don't know. They just may look at our demographic and and be mm-hmm. a little intimidated by that. So it's it's an ongoing effort.
0: Yeah. Don't be intimidated. Yeah. if You're not a Korean adoptee. Yeah, the organization still welcomes you.
1: Yeah, we love. We would definitely love to do. it. And I, I think there's there's been an ongoing attempt throughout the years, and it's right, you know, yeah. kind of comes and goes as yep. as people come. And you know, with, you know, with these organizations, it's always about who's involved. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really like one or two people who are pretty dedicated. And that will drive the organization a long way. And so depending what their interests are, you know, so if we had like, say, sure. you know, one Chinese adoptee who was like really wanted to do a lot with AKA, I mean, we would, I'm sure, do a ton of things. So, yeah. You know, we, and we, so we had, um, we had an intern this summer. You had an intern this summer? Yeah. I don't know if that's our first intern. for Oh
0: yeah. This is unheard of, uh, from, from my end anyway, anyways. Yeah. Oh, cool.
1: So, um, but she was, she's a Chinese adoptee. Um, who's the intern? Her name is, uh, Emily. Emily, okay, yeah. and we're gonna have uh, her. This is she's approaching the end of her summer intern, so we're gonna uh-huh. have her farewell.
0: What do you have? What do you have her do? What does the intern do for you? Well, she
1: w- so usually the summer is like a um, uh, a quiet time. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, a, a time where the board is not active and mm-hmm. people are recharging their batteries. Yeah, uh, getting ready for the year. So we didn't really do that. We had actually a couple of events. Uh, we had a the film festival. Uh-huh. We had, uh, we sponsored another film festival with just some some movies there and we had a raffle for some tickets. We uh, have, we're having this happy hour here in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically, we wouldn't have things like the newsletter. So she's been helping with that. like okay. Giving yeah, a regular yeah. newsletter person a break. She's been uh, reviewing our social media. And she's going to give us a that's presentation good. about Ooh. her recommendations because she's the younger age. Smart. Yeah, yeah, she may have a
0: kid do the social media. She may have
1: some better ideas about, hey, you. <clears throat>
0: she's going to have the AKA Snapchat up in no time oh, or that, whatever the new thing maybe,
1: is. It, maybe, maybe that'll be her recommendations. Yeah. yeah. So things like that. She's been uh, very good. She's very motivated. Um, really a good. I was. She reached out to us. so I was really happy that Great. she did that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully we'll get some more interns. Cool. Yeah. yeah that'll yeah. be
0: good. All right. Well, is there anything else uh, you want to get off your chest or talk about?
1: Oh, wow. There's so much. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, For the public
0: consumption. We right. can talk
1: more at the happy hour, yeah. obviously. The only other thing is um, I really – you know, also known as is an all-volunteer organization. So if you sure are um, somebody who has any interest in helping, um, uh, we 100% would love to work with you. Mm-hmm. If you have an idea for an event – um, and you know that's that's the really the only thing you want to do is you just love, would love this you just love this idea, then we will help make that a reality. I mean, so you know I see us as being uh a way of facilitating people yeah um to realize what it is that they want to do. everyone has different things they're trying to do um people you know one thing that as I mentioned i've only been talking about and really actively involved in adoption for a couple of years now mm-hmm up until then, I really felt like it was not a major part of my life. But now, now, I, now I realize, in re-examining my life, it's always been a major part of my life. It just wasn't something I was um, maybe open to. Uh-huh. You know, it takes a certain amount of uh, vulnerability, I think, to
0: yeah, that's to true.
1: accept that. Um, and so, for whatever reason, I reached that point where I, I was able to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, accept that. But. Um, I feel like so uh, what happened to me a couple years ago is I had to give um, I didn't have to, but I gave a presentation uh, about my adoption story in a room with other adoptees at this mm-hmm. conference. And um, that only came about because the guy who's was organizing was a guy I knew. And so I, he asked me to do it because I was probably one of the few adoptees that he personally knew. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, sure. I'll do that. Um, and so I had to write this, you know, like little speech about my, um, is that like
0: your first time doing something like that?
1: Yeah. It was the first time, really. I mean, I had written about it before, but it was, uh, like, many, many years ago, and it wasn't, it wasn't a speech I was going to give.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so I went and gave the speech, and this was a—all all the, all the people giving the this speech—this was in Queens. They were all um, Korean—it was, like, 10 Korean adoptees giving their story. hmm And many of the people in attendance were Koreans. And there was a really strong um, sense of giving testimony. Yeah, there was a and there was a really strong sense of people unburdening these stories and wanting to tell their story and having finally an audience to tell their story to. Mm -hmm. And I didn't go in with that attitude, but walking out, I felt like, oh, my God, this was like really powerful for me to give my story. And so for me, being involved in also known as that is like, I would say, kind of the tangible thing that I want to give people the chance to do, which is tell their story and and whatever that way that is whether that's just people getting together for happy hour and they can just talk to each other Mm -hmm. whether that's um, you know something more formal in a panel and then finally they can talk about some issues that have been going on in their lives but I feel like that's the thing that um, in in kind of a nugget of what Mm -hmm. I feel like also known as can do which is give people a a place where they can tell their story and have it heard and that is really I think a powerful thing Um, I mean it changed my life really yeah Uh, and uh, set me on this path, which still going on, um, and so hopefully we can do that for other people also in in ever whatever small ways that is. Um, so that if you have you know if you have a story that you want to tell and and you want to tell it we're, we're, you know in whatever way that is, uh, it's a certain subject that you're very interested in. You know, let's let's try to do something together and, and make that happen for you. That's, awesome. Yeah. Hey, how do people get in touch with also known as or you? Um, so we have our wonderful website of course also known as org and uh which we're gonna be relaunching a new website in the upcoming Ooh. month or so um it's exciting yeah. did you have
0: the intern do that too
1: actually a little bit she did some <laughs> help <with that>. yes <laughs> good there was a lot of she did a lot of stuff for us yeah yeah, yeah. um we are on Fa- i would say facebook is probably our main thing that we're on quite a bit we also do have instagram also known as inc and on twitter I would say the least amount we're doing Twitter um, but you know that's another way so mm-hmm. um, we're on all of those I'm personally primarily on Facebook Is probably the best way to reach out to me and I'm pretty easy to find because it has my picture and my real name so <laughs> like, <laughs> not I, a fake I never profile. really used that account until I became involved with also I was like alright now you're all over it I didn't even have a picture up for all those years then I was like people don't really know if this is me if they try to contact me I better put a picture up yeah yeah so I now verify yourself I put a real picture up which I never thought I would ever do Um, (laughs) and um, that's probably the primary thing Um, I think and then I have a personal account on Twitter which I Mm. like to uh, just has my personal little beliefs (laughs) just cause that's do people follow can people follow you on Twitter yeah I'm I'm W-R-Y-S-E 2 I don't remember is it I think I'm W R Y S E. You tell me, man. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know if there's a two or not. But anyway, I'm W R Y S E. i am I think on Twitter, <clears> um, <throat> which is also my domain. Oh. I have a blog which is cad. Wryse. Com. Cool. Um, which I don't post to very often, but uh, but
0: there's stuff up there.
1: There's there's some stuff up there. Which is, most of, most of that stuff is like <laughs> stuff I've been reading about that is very interesting to me. Like um. I just found out about this uh, Korean adoptee woman who is uh, a comic, stand-up comic. Oh, cool. Amy Anderson. I'd never heard of her before. Nope, don't anyway, know her. Anyway, but she has uh, some videos up on YouTube. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, they're pretty funny. And, I, and so, like, that kind of thing I want to remember later. So I post on my blog Oh, today. yeah. And that's, so it's really like a message to myself. But. Have you heard of uh, Joel Kim Booster? Joel Kim, he just had a show. Did he? In New York well I don't know if well he know. lives in Brooklyn I think yeah you know do you know Ed Pokrovsky no anyway Ed is um, he works at NBC and he did a oh, cool he did an event with us and we did an event with FCCNY the uh-huh. Chinese uh, Families of Children, and children from China. China. Yeah. so we did a group event um, at NBC just in June about career development mm-hmm. so we had a panel of adoptees and well, I think almost the most, I would say 90% of the audience was Chinese adoptees because mm-hmm. you know they're younger in their career yeah, yeah. trajectories um, and so Ed helped us with that Cool And so Ed is a uh, Part time stand up comic Oh really um, And he's been putting together These unwashed comedies Which are Unwashed is the opposite Of whitewashed oh, nice So these are the unwashed uh, Stand up comedies And his and these are all Asian <clears throat> comics Doing stand up comedy Wow I like it And you know So I want to support him Obviously because he's been Helping us and he's A pretty funny guy And this last one he had Two Korean adoptees On the stage Him and Joel Kim Booster Nice so I just sent him the Amy Anderson. I'm like, dude, three Korean adoptees. Oh
0: yeah, let's have a show.
1: On a single stand-up would be like that. Yeah. Would never, that will never be equaled again in the history of <laughs> of adoption. So should do it. Yeah, so I'm hoping AK could put that together. Maybe, and I was like, dude, we will help sponsor this. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good event. I'd go to that event. And he's actually um, pretty con- well. I mean, he got Joel Kim Booster to come to and do. Yeah, I think Joel is is a hard guy to get. Uh, I've
0: t- I've, we've tweeted back and forth, but I haven't gotten, him, I haven't locked him down to the show. That's what I'm saying. I
1: think he's a hard. I think he's, you know, he's pretty successful. He's hard. He's pretty to, successful. Uh, he's been on Conan. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was pretty hilarious too. He had a great uh, bit on Donald Trump. Uh, Did which, he? Yeah, which was really funny. I'm not gonna even try to do it because it won't be, <laughs> it won't do justice to his, to his state, uh, you know, to his. Uh, You'll have to see four it four minute thing, but um, he was really hilarious. Um, nice, and so, and he's, you know, he's been on many shows. So yeah, um, yeah, I think for. Ed, I think, is connected and could actually make it happen. With, nice. Uh, so,
0: hopefully well, they, they should do that, so people can look forward to something like that in the future. That man. would be,
1: wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, that'd be good, man. I
0: would love that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for talking, man.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I did all the talking.
0: <laughs> That's what the show is
1: supposed to be. I, don't know, I feel like it should be more conversational. That's fine. You feel good? Yes, thank you. It was good to talk to you. <laughs> thanks.
0: All right, and that was the interview, the conversation I had with Mike Mullen. Mike Mullen, the president of Also Known As. If you want to know about Also Known As's events for this year, go to alsoknownas.org. Check it out. Uh, you can come out. Come out and meet Mike and all of the AKA cohort. It's, uh, it's a great group. I've been a part of it for uh, a very long time, as I came to realize at that happy hour that was mentioned afterwards, because there was a, a, a young woman there who uh, said I looked very familiar and I said I had been involved with also known as for a very long time. And she said, yes. Did you used to direct the youth mentorship program? I said, yeah, probably like 12 years ago. And she's like, yeah, I remember you. I was like, how old were you? And she was like seven. And I was like, I am old. I've never felt older than that moment. I mean, other than when I wake up and my back hurts and, and stuff like that. I guess I feel old then. But that made me really it put into the perspective because I guess now she's going for her graduate degree. She was very young. She might have been lying about the age. Well, let me think. Let me think. Oh, man, that was a long time ago. Anyways, uh, yeah, so so that, that's what's happening here. I'm old. Uh, you can go to AKA now. That way, in the future, you can feel old as well uh, when you have these uh, young kids come up to you later and say how they knew you when you were, uh, you know, younger as well. So that's, uh, that's what's happening here. Go to uh, KoreanAmericanStory.org, and I am Adoptee. Sign up for those... Uh, newsletters, websites, the social network site of I am adoptee, be forward, a bit, a bit, a bit, listen to me, what is happening? What is happening? This is what happens when I only do this once a month instead of once a week like I used to. I did it for you people. This is a sacrifice, I swear. Uh, go to those sites, check them out. Look forward to the, uh, the videos in early September They should be released uh, from I am adoptee and KoreanAmericanStory.org. I will be one of them. You can actually see my face for once and match the face to the voice. I mean, I know it's on the cover, but you don't actively see me talking a lot. You know how it is. And check that stuff out. Or go go to uh, Numa Consulting to check out uh, Maylene Carroll's book and her ongoing blog and the services that she can provide. And check that out, The Perks of Being an Adoptee. Go to lulu.com for that kind of stuff. Music today provided by the Bell and Needle Drop Records and a collective effort they are on soundcloud for now as long as soundcloud exists i don't know if it's gonna die soon or not no idea uh you can always follow me on twitter i'm at twitter.com slash the rambler adhd or at the rambler adhd if you're on twitter already you can follow me on facebook on facebook.com slash the rambler adhd and you can always send me an email at the rambler adhd at gmail.com if you want to be on the show just let me know. Any one of those outlets is good. Email's probably the best way to reach me uh, these days. I'm trying to get back on Facebook, I guess. Now I'm out of the habit of checking it every day, which is actually a good habit to have. I think everybody should just comment down on the Facebook. Just, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, okay? Everybody, it's a lot. Uh, anyways, do all those things that I just said, and, uh, you know, have a, have a great month of August before school starts again. And the summer comes to a close, okay? Get as much beach and pool time safely in as you possibly can before winter comes. Winter is coming. I'm sorry, I'm in full on Game of Thrones mode, uh, which is also on tonight. So you can enjoy this show and then enjoy that as well. In any case, I will talk to you guys next month in September. Uh, Have a great month. Have an excellent month. Adios, everybody.